Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Welcome back to another Closer Today clip where me, your host, Monica Cox from Finding Fertility, helps you to get through the BS of infertility one inspirational clip at a time. It's March. I cannot believe we're already into the third month of the year. I hope you enjoyed February, our epigenetics month, and really got inspired about the true reason why we should be changing up our diet and our lifestyle. So inspired that you are ready to start making some commitments to yourself. I actually have a super exciting announcement. I am going to be running a free 10-day challenge starting on the 18th of March, running for, you guessed it, 10 days. During this 10-day challenge, you are going to commit to yourself to eliminate two foods that you know are causing inflammation and you are going to commit to bringing in some new practices or recommitting to some old practices that will help you reduce your stress levels. So head over to findingfertilitychallenge.com and get registered for this free event. It's going to be super exciting and there is going to be a special prize at the end for everyone who is participating. So head over once again to findingfertilitychallenge.com and register today. This Tuesday's Closer Today clip is from Russell Foster, and it's all about the importance of sleep. Now, sleep is one of the most underrated ways to heal your body, which is super important when you are dealing with infertility. Remember, we talk about it's all about eliminating the stressors and giving your body time to heal. If you're getting adequate sleep, this is going to really push forward your healing process. And in all honesty, you're just going to become a better person because you're going to be happier and healthier. Sleep is so important. I know for me, what I've been at this for over half a decade now, if I don't get the sleep that I know I need, so I need to be asleep before 10 p.m. and I can wake up around 5 a.m. and be totally fine for the rest of the day. But if I go to bed after 10 p.m. anywhere, well, anywhere between 10 and 1, Um, I really feel it and if I do it several days in a row I instantly get a sore throat so when I get a sore throat you've heard me talk about it before that is my number one like you are stressed out it's time to you know reevaluate and figure out where you're lacking either in your sleep in your diet or in your mental health so without further ado here's Russell what I like to do today is talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is the neuroscience of sleep. Now, there is a sound. It worked. (laughs) A a sound that is desperately, desperately familiar to most of us, and of course, it's the sound of the alarm clock. And what that truly ghastly, awful sound does is stop the single most important behavioral experience that we have, and that's sleep. If 
you're an average sort of person, 36% of your life will be spent asleep. Which means that if you live to 90, then 32 years, 32 years will have been spent entirely asleep. Now what that 32 years is telling us, that sleep at some level is important. And yet for most of us, we don't give sleep a second thought, we throw it away, we really just don't think about sleep. And so what I'd like to do today is change your views, change your ideas and your thoughts about sleep. And, and the journey that I want to take you on, we need to start by going back in time. Enjoy the honey-heavy dew of slumber. Any ideas who said that? Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. Yes, let me give you a few more quotes. O sleep, O gentle sleep, nature's soft nurse, how have I frighted thee? Shakespeare again from, I won't say it, the Scottish play. <laughs> from the same time, sleep is the golden chain that ties health and our bodies together. Extreme prophetic by Thomas Decker, another Elizabethan dramatist. But if we jump forward, 400 years, the tone about sleep changes somewhat. This is from Thomas Edison from the beginning of the 20th century. Sleep is a criminal waste of time and a heritage from our cave days. Bang! <laughs> <coughs> and if we also jump into the 1980s, some of you may remember that Margaret Thatcher was reported to have said, sleep is for wimps. Um, and of course, the infamous what was his name? The infamous Gordon Gecko from Wall Street said, money never sleeps. What do we do in the 20th century about sleep? Well, of course, we used Thomas Edison's light bulb to invade the night, and we occupied the dark. And, and, it, and in the process of this occupation, we've treated sleep as an illness, almost. We've, we've treated it as an enemy, an enemy. Um, at most now, I suppose, we think of, we tolerate the need for sleep, and at worst, perhaps many of us think of sleep as an illness that needs some sort of a cure. And our ignorance about sleep is really quite profound. Why is it? Why do we abandon sleep in our thoughts? Well, it's because you don't do anything much while you're asleep, it seems. You don't eat, you don't drink, and you don't have sex. Well, most of us anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and so therefore, it's, sorry, it, it, it's a complete waste of time, right? Wrong. Actually, sleep is an incredibly important part of our biology, and neuroscientists are beginning to explain why it's so very important. So let's move to the brain. Now, here we have a brain. This is donated by a social scientist, um, <coughs> and they said they didn't know what it was, or indeed how to use it. So, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So I, I, I borrowed it. Uh, I don't think they noticed. Okay. Um, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that when you're asleep, this thing doesn't shut down. In fact, some areas of the brain are actually more active during the sleep state than during the wake state. The other thing that's really important about sleep is that it doesn't arise from a single structure within the brain, but is to some extent a network property. And if we flip the brain on its back, I love this little bit of spinal cord here, um, <coughs> This bit here is the hypothalamus. 
And right under there is a, a whole raft of interesting structures, not least the biological clock. The biological clock tells us when it's good to be up, when it's good to be asleep. And what that structure does is interact with a whole raft of other uh, areas within the hypothalamus, the lateral hypothalamus, the ventrolateral preoptic nuclei. All of those combine, and they send projections down to the brainstem here. The brainstem then projects forward and bathes the cortex, this wonderfully wrinkly bit over here, with neurotransmitters that keep us awake and essentially provide us with our consciousness. So sleep arises from a whole raft of different interactions within the brain. And essentially, sleep is turned on and off as a result of a range of interactions in here. Okay, so where have we got to? We've said that sleep is complicated and it takes 32 years of our, of our life. But what I haven't explained is what sleep is about. So why do we sleep? And it won't surprise any of you that, of course, as scientists, we don't have a consensus. There are dozens of different ideas about why we sleep. And I'm going to outline three of those. The first is sort of the restoration idea. And it's somewhat intuitive. Essentially, all the stuff we've burnt up during the day, we restore, we replace, we rebuild during the night. And indeed, as an explanation, it goes back to Aristotle. So that's, what, 2,300 years ago. It's gone in and out of fashion. It's fashionable at the moment because what's been shown is that within the brain, a whole raft of genes have been shown to be turned on only during sleep. And those genes are associated with restoration and metabolic pathways. So there's good evidence for the whole restoration hypothesis. What about energy conservation? Again, perhaps intuitive. Um, um, you essentially sleep to save calories. Now, when you do the sums, though, it doesn't really pan out. If you compare an individual who has slept at night or stayed awake and, and hasn't moved very much, the energy saving of sleeping is about 110 calories a night. Now, that's the equivalent of a hot dog bun. Now, I would say that a hot dog bun is kind of a meager return for such a complicated and demanding behavior as sleep. So I'm less convinced by the, by the energy conservation idea. But the third idea I'm quite attracted to, which is brain processing and memory consolidation. What we know is that if after you've tried to learn a task, and you sleep-deprived individuals, the ability to learn that task is smashed. It's, it's really hugely uh, attenuated. So sleep and memory consolidation is also very important. However, it's not just the laying down of memory and recalling it. What's turned out to be really exciting is that our ability to come up with novel solutions to complex problems is hugely enhanced by a night of sleep. In fact, it's been estimated to give us a threefold advantage. Sleeping at night um, enhances our creativity. And what seems to be going on is that in the brain, those neural connections that are important, those synaptic connections that are important, are linked and strengthened, while those that are less important tend to sort of fade away and be less important. Okay, so we've had three explanations for why we might sleep. And I think the important thing to realize is that the details will vary, and it's probably we sleep for multiple different reasons. But sleep is not an indulgence. It's not some sort of thing that we can take on board rather casually. Um, I think sleep was once uh, likened to an upgrade from economy to business class, you know, the equivalent of. It's not, a, it's not even a, an upgrade from economy to first class. The critical thing to realize is that if you don't sleep, you don't fly. Essentially, you never get there. 
And what's extraordinary about much of our society these days is that we are desperately sleep deprived. If you would like to check out the whole clip, um, it's not too long, but I thought it was a little bit long for the podcast, so I just cut it. It is over on YouTube. It is another amazing TEDx talk. It is called Why Do We Sleep? Russell Foster. If you would like to learn more about Russell Foster and connect with him, he is over on the Nuffield Department of Clinical Neuroscience, the Medical Science Division, and I will pop in the show notes the link to that website and you can actually read more about him and there is an email for him as well. That is it for me today. I hope you have a beautiful week. Don't forget, we have the 10-day challenge coming up in just over two weeks. Go and register over at findingfertilitychallenge.com. You won't want to miss out. And you can do this challenge whether or not you have already started diet and lifestyle changes and maybe want to add in a little bit more and push yourself. Or you can start from the bare minimum of absolutely doing nothing and starting from scratch and just eliminating maybe some dairy and gluten for 10 days and see how you feel. Putting in some meditation practices or journaling once a day or even just getting outside and going for a walk every single day for 10 minutes you can make this challenge your own and i am here to support you and hold you accountable remember you don't have to be perfect you just need to start so that is it for me if you're loving the podcast please 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 leave us a rating and review it totally helps this podcast get out to other women like you who are looking for support and inspiration to increase their fertility health That is it for me today. I think I just already said that. Have a beautiful week and we will see you on Friday for a Fertility Connection talk show. Bye.